Have you ever heard anybody say, I am busy? Have you ever thought about how unnecessary it is to to say that? We live in the middle of cancel culture, and so I'm going to cancel that phrase. We should not say, I am busy. I mean, that's like saying, I breathe air today. Being a Christian and not being busy is an oxymoron. The unbusy Christian is the problem of the person who does not take the gospel seriously. Or to use another analogy, we're like kids in the candy store. Opportunity is everywhere. Thus, if a person is not busy, or they could be busy the wrong way, you want to follow up and see what the problem is so that you can help them to be busy with a gospel-centered emphasis. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad that you are here. It is the new year right now. As of this podcast, it is January the 5th, 2021. People are busy making New Year's resolutions, and I heard that the average resolution makes it till January the 15th. So if you made a New Year's resolution, I want you to be strong. I want you to hold out at least to January the 16th. Now, I, I do have an article on our website. It's on the homepage right now, but if it's not there when you hear this podcast, it's about losing weight, and you can uh, type that in the search box because, again, if you're making resolutions, that's always a big one, pun intended, and you can read that article as well. But in this podcast, I want to talk about this idea of time management. There are two reasons that I'm doing it. One is it is the new year and people are making resolutions, and I understand that. I think it's kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, we do it as a family, or we are doing it as a family this year. I have historically always made resolutions. Again, it, we it's just a fun thing to talk about, fun thing to do, but there's also a discipline involved, and the turn of the year after the end of the holidays, I, I, I really start praying that way, not that I'm not praying that way during the year, but I'm thinking about a new start with a new year, and so resolutions can be fun that way, especially biblically-centered ones, and I know that many people are thinking about that, and time management in addition to, to health uh, or weight loss, uh, that's also another popular one. Uh, we want to get better scheduled with our time. But the other reason that I'm doing it is that there was a conversation on our forum just a few days ago that was talking about this idea of being busy, but from another perspective. The individual on the forum said, well, I have a problem, and I want to talk to my pastor, but I don't want to bother him. And when the forum poster said that, I responded to that individual about this idea of being a bother, that that is something that we shouldn't say either. In fact, I wrote a long response, and I decided that I'm going to do a podcast on that subject as well. And so it will be the next Life Over Coffee podcast. I'm going to talk about this this 
this idea of not being a bother. You shouldn't talk like that. And so if you want to listen to that podcast, it will be episode 288. It will go up in a a day or so if you look for episode 288. And it's a different thought than what I'm going to be sharing with you here. But both of these things do go together because I'm talking about time management. And so in that one, I'm going to appeal to you, stop saying, I don't want to be a bother because that is a problematic statement. But in this podcast, I want to talk about this idea of saying, I am busy. That is really unnecessary language, especially for the believer, because we should be busy people, of course, busy the right way. There are many implications from God's word that are biblically assumed and universally lived out. And being busy is one of those implications for the believer. You should walk up to be able to walk up to any believer in the world and ask them if if they are busy. And well, of course they they should be. Christians should be busy because we have the most fabulous message that anyone should ever want to hear. And there are millions of people who have not heard a clear presentation of the gospel of Christ. And so there is a lot to be busy about. Let me share with you a few scriptures that support the mandate for us to be active Christians. And as you reflect on these passages, I want you to consider the work involved to spread God's fame by being Jesus to those around you. I'm just going to share three passages of Scripture. And and again, as you hear these verses, these passages that you are so familiar with, I want you to think specifically about the work involved in fulfilling uh, this mandate to be an active Christian. One of those passages is Matthew 22, 36 through 40. This is the passage of Scripture where Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and they asked him, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it, you remember, to uh, love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that passage, to love God and others is a gospel-working command. Perhaps you can think about somebody in your family. Maybe it's your spouse or a child. Child, maybe it's your parent. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's someone in your church. Think about the work involved to love some people well. And so in Matthew 22, we are to love God and love others more than ourselves. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 31 Another direction. This is the passage of Scripture or the verse of Scripture. It's a very short sentence where Paul said, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. To glorify God in everything you do is an action-shaped worldview. And then finally, let me give you one more, another familiar passage, Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And you know what what Jesus said there about baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that he had commanded. 
Going and making disciples is a job description full of busy opportunities. And so as you listen to those passages, take some time and reflect on them of how these passages just mean. It is a mandate that we are to be active Christians, whether we're loving God and others most of all, whether we're glorifying God in everything that we do, or whether we're going and making disciples. These are busy opportunities. The bored, unbusy, inactive, goalless, empty-to-do list follower of Jesus is incongruent with a spirit-illuminated, spirit-directed, spirit-empowered Christian framework. I mean, just imagine coming back from a day's work in response to the Lord's directive and saying, well, it was kind of boring. I wish we had more to do. It reminds me of Luke 9.10. It says this, On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And Jesus took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. I mean, there's no way that we could stand before the Lord and say, well, you know, it's kind of a boring day, and I wish I had more today, more to do. When someone tells me that they had a busy week, I typically express silent gratitude for their busyness while curiously wondering what keeps them so engaged. You see, my thinking is, is that perhaps I can learn something from my busy friend. Because I'm a busy guy too. I like to hang out with busy people. I like to talk to busy people. Busy people get stuff done. Busy people know how to do things. And so when someone tells me they are busy, then I want to know. I want to learn because I want to learn how to do what I do better, smarter, more efficient. Uh, in in a more effective way. And so when somebody tells me they're busy, well, that's that's great news. I'm glad to hear that. Now, of course, there are a few unbusy Christians still walking upright in our world today. Now, maybe it would be more fitting to say they are sitting down. It would serve them well if they had a caring friend to come alongside them by providing a few practical missional pointers for living well in God's world. Now, maybe even a loving gospel kick on the backside would get them going. These folks remind me of Eliza Doodlittle at the horse race, in the movie, the musical, My Fair Lady, one of my favorite musicals. When her horse, Dover, was not moving fast enough at the horse track during the race, finally, with all attempts to corral her self-control, she unhitched her tongue and she yelled, Dover, move your blooming arse. I love that part. You see, busy people, busy does not have an age limit. If you're a Christian and healthy, I assume that you are busy with the master's business. A disciple is a learner. That's what the word means. And so you could say, I'm a disciple or I am a learner. Both of those would describe what, what you're talking about. And if we are learning from the master the right way, we are hardworking, living out, a practical worldview daily. 
A bored Christian teenager is just as much of an anomaly as a bored Christian adult. You see, busy doesn't have an age limit, and unfortunately, boredom doesn't have an age limit either. Did you know it's rare for me to counsel an unbusy person? Now, of course, the exception would be the lazy individual with no ambition, no motivation to better himself. Of course, if you ask him if he was busy, the lazy person, typically he would say yes, which usually means excessive device time, binge watching, and other addictive behaviors. But when I ask a typical counselor how their week went, they will say they were busy. That is a common response. And then when I follow up and ask them if they did their homework, most of the time, They stumble and stutter, finally admitting that they did not do what I asked them to do. These people are busy, but busy the wrong way. They don't understand busy for Jesus. And the gospel does not energize their lives, does not instruct and illuminate their lives the way that it can. The busy person's unwillingness to biblically prioritize his life is why you must ask better questions than when you uh, were you busy that's why I, say, I don't ask people were you busy this week because more than likely they were busy this week because virtually everybody is busy and so there are better questions to ask for example if your marriage if a counselee comes in and their marriage is dysfunctional and you're too busy to discipline yourself for a season to repair it then let's just skip the busy question and let's talk about the real issue what is happening in your heart And you'll find that so often in counseling. The people will meet. I, I gave them something to do, to work on their marriage, to work on their life to help them. And then I, I, I meet with them next week, and they, they say, oh, man, I was so busy. Great, glad you were busy. Did you do what I asked? Well, no, I didn't do that. I was busy in other things. And then I, I do have to ask the question, I mean, what, what in the world is wrong with you? Now, I don't say it that way because it sounds unkind, but what is wrong with you that your marriage is, your, your house is burning down, but you're too busy to discipline yourself for a season? I was counseling a couple recently. I gave them something to do, and I met with them the next week and asked them, did they do it? And they had not done it. And I said, I'm going to give you a mulligan this week. I'll give you a pass this week, but and we'll go ahead and have this counseling session. But if we meet next week and you haven't done what I ask you to do, then you can take the time that we are meeting to do the thing that I ask you to do. And I have canceled counseling sessions before. When they come in, I've met with them. I've appealed to them. I said, did you do do what I asked you to do? But there's a lot of problems with that besides just being lazy and not prioritizing. It is really a a lack of gratitude, and it's, it's a lack of honoring me and honoring my time. My counseling sessions are two hours typically, and if I'm going to give two hours of my time to you, I expect you to reciprocate by doing the things that I ask you to do. If you don't do what I ask you to do, then there's no point in us meeting 
And that's why I have to ask, the person's, the busy person's unwillingness to biblically prioritize his life, you got to ask better questions than just simply, were you busy? Now, Jesus gave us an insightful way of thinking about what is important to us when he used the treasure metaphor. We always want to connect our hearts to our most important treasures, the things we value over everything else. The guy with the house is burning down, the dysfunctional marriage, who's not setting aside a a season for self-discipline to work on his marriage, well, he has a different treasure, which is not his marriage, is not his wife, and not his God. Jesus saw no discontinuity between who we are at the heart level and what we do at the action practical level of our lives. You can you can connect two points. The things that we do, our behaviors, you can connect them to our heart. And there's no breakage in that connection because what comes out of our hearts what our treasure is, it will come out in our words, our attitudes, and our behaviors. You see this language in Matthew six twenty one, where he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, there's no discontinuity, or said differently, there is continuity between your heart and the thing that you you have your eye focused on. And then in Matthew 7, 16, just one chapter over, he says, you will recognize them by their fruits. And then he goes on to say in the same verse, are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? One way that helps me assess and address my heart is by thinking through how I spend my day including my discretionary time, when there are no demands placed on me. Jesus said their works, their behaviors, would reveal the kind of person they are. You tell me what you do on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, and I will tell you I will know what kind of person you are. There is objective data that characterizes the conditions of our hearts. You will find that data in the activities of our lives. You see, none of us are that mysterious. And so the real question is whether we will be honest about how we spend our time and plus allow others to scrutinize our pace of life lovingly. What does not help is when the summation of our self-analysis is I'm busy. If you just have a conversation with someone and they just say, I'm busy, well, that should not be the summation. That should not be the end of the conversation. And unfortunately, too often, the typical response to the person who says they are busy is commiseration. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm busy, too. Oh, let me tell you about my week. That kind of conversation lacks biblical analysis and it lacks biblical intervention. Because in many of these types of conversations where we are bemoaning the fact of being busy, we do need biblical, we need biblical analysis and biblical intervention. Our Christian duty is to love our relationships enough to spur each other on to the right kind of activities. And I'm speaking directly from Hebrews Hebrews 10, 24, where the writer said, let us consider 
how to stir up one another to love and good works. That idea of stir up in that text actually means to be a biblical pest, to be a biblical annoyance. I describe it that way because you don't want somebody to be a pest or be an annoyance. But there is a there's a sense of agitation in that word, in the rendering of the English word stir up. There's a sense of agitation there. And so we should consider how to be lovingly agitating each other to love and good works. It is our Christian duty. Neglecting this responsibility, it will empower stressed-out Christians who do not know how to manage their time, their priorities, and values. Do you want to embolden them? Do you want to continue to habituate them in the path that they are on? Do you want to keep them in a place of stagnation to where they are stressed out and continue to be so? Typically, these Christians yield to the temptation of an opposing spirit that is characterized by criticalness and grumbling. And that's one of the ways that you will be able to tell if the busy person is, the, is busy the wrong way. Because once they go into complaining mode, they will perpetuate stressed stagnation and they will jettison the spiritual disciplines that will help them to reorient and re- redirect their lives. Gospelized Christians can do better. They are grateful for being busy because they know there is coming a day when being active may not be an option. And by the way, I think about that as I see the light at the end of the tunnel, as I see Jesus at the end of the tunnel. I'm really close to heaven these days, and I do think about that. Paul talked about it in 416, 2 Corinthians. He says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And what I'm talking about here and applying to this passage, what I'm communicating here is that our outer person is wasting away away. And so we are grateful for being busy. For those of you who are, are experiencing debil- debilitating pain, as, as I have for more than a decade, I had excruciating back pain to the point where at, at one point where I could not walk and I had to go under the knife. And, and I was gra- just to be grateful to be able to move about like normal people is something that I could not do for the longest time. Well, there's another day where our body wastes away through old age, and that's why if you if if you if you have the ability to work while it's day, then work and be grateful. Every Christian should die with a thousand unfulfilled dreams. Gospelized Christians are always pressing toward the mark of Christ. Philippians three fourteen. They experience energy and power from God, and they are motivated by His Spirit to be busy for His glory. Gospelized Christians are optimistic. Whatever their hands find to do, they do it with all their might because they are working with joy-filled hearts that are full of God. Gospelized Christians celebrate busyness. They realize who they were and who they are. They swell with gratitude for what God has done in their lives to be an enemy of God, but now an ambassador for the king is the highest honor bestowed on God's creation. Many times when I pray, I pray just that way. Thank you, God, for rescuing me. 
and not just rescuing us, but but turning us in such a way that now we get to labor for him. That gratitude should always be on our hearts. The title of this podcast is, It's Not Are You Busy?, but how do you spend your time? When someone comes and says, I'm busy, well, praise God, you should be. Now, let's give that some analysis, and perhaps we need to give it some intervention to see what busyness means. Here's the call to action. I'm going to see if I can work through some of these uh, questions here, and I trust that it will spur you on. And by the way, virtually all of the articles on our website have a call to action section. And I, I would appeal to you that if you, if you are able, and that if it's important to you that you do more than just listen to the podcast, but you go to the actual article and get inside of these questions. One of our mastermind students, Amy, said this last year. She said that's one of the most important parts to the, the article, the, the actual application section, because it does spur you on. We don't want to read it like we read Facebook and hit the like button or give them an emoji. No, we want to go beyond that. We want to read it, and then we want to spend time thinking and reflecting upon it. And so here is one question for you. Where are your affections sitting? In Colossians 3, 2, it says, Set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on the earth. Jesus talked about it another way. I mentioned that earlier, where your treasure is. That's why I'm asking you this question. Where are your affections sitting? Question number two, what does your calendar reveal about your heart treasure? And so you, you can go and look at your calendar, and if you don't keep a calendar, uh, perhaps you can think through what you have been doing for the past day or two or week or month, what does your calendar reveal about your heart treasure, especially if you're a binge watcher or if you're a Facebook person? If you do that, you could be setting yourself up for trouble. So what does your calendar reveal about your heart treasure? Number three, do you know how to prioritize what should be the essential things in your life? And maybe that's part of the problem, a lack of vision that you don't know how to prioritize. You don't know what the essential things are. Who manages your calendar? The Spirit of God or other people? That is important. Now, Lucia and I, you know, practically speaking, we have one calendar, a Google Calendar, and we have four or five calendars on it. There's a work calendar, there's a family calendar, there's a church calendar. And I think there's uh, there's a school calendar, and the kids have work calendars, and so all of that's color coded, and it's on one calendar, and and we help we hold each other accountable. Not that, that probably doesn't even sound right, but it's a community effort, is what I'm saying. Accountability can sound strict, I guess, to some of you, or it it, it could sound judgmental, maybe, or it could sound heavy handed. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that it's we're open and honest about the lives that we live, and if you, if the gospel frees us, we have nothing to fear, nothing to hide. Therefore, our calendar is we have one calendar, and everybody is working from the same page. But who manages your calendar? The Spirit of God or other people? Followed up with that, have you learned the value of saying no? An excellent exercise is to read through the four gospels and and mark or highlight each time where Jesus said no or the no was implied. He didn't say no 
explicitly, but it's implied. And if you highlight all those and then go back and reflect on all those passages, it will be a wonderful learning experience for you. Question number six, are you working at finding rest? I have an article here about finding rest. In fact, it's at the very top of uh, this article. Uh, There's three here, and one of them is about rest. It says you have to work to rest if you want to enjoy this gift. And I would appeal to you, if you are not experiencing rest, if you don't know how to work to find rest, I would encourage you to read that article. And then finally, question number seven, are you busy with spiritual disciplines? That is a good way to be busy, reading your Bible, memorizing your Bible, praying, Uh, Having koinonia, communication with other Christians is an excellent spiritual discipline. Serving others is a good spiritual discipline. Are you busy with spiritual disciplines? You remember what I was saying earlier, there are people who are busy, but they're not busy the right way. Now, as I wrap up, I want to give you a few optional responses when somebody asks you if you're busy. If somebody says you're busy, and if you're prone to complain or grumble or whine when you when they ask you that question, then I really want you to consider what I'm going to suggest to you. And so if if someone asks you, you know, how's your week go, you, you could say this. I have been gloriously busy for the Lord this week. That is a wonderful response, assuming it's true, of course. Here's another one. I have been buffing floors for Jesus this week. Now, the reason I add this one is because my friend uh, Hector uh, uh, in Queens, New York, uh, in in Jackson Heights, I think that's where they were, or Elmhurst, but my friend Hector that I met, the first time I ever met him was in 1989. First conversation ever had with him. Uh, it's, tell me your name. My name is Hector. My name is Rick. Blah blah blah. We were up in uh, in Queens witnessing, and, and, you know. And so we're we're guys. And so we asked the the what do you do question. What's your vocation question? I said, Hector, what do you do? What's your vocation? He says, I buff floors for the glory of God. And I was so struck by that. I never I never forgotten that. Now you can fill in the blank with whatever your mundane job is. You, I've been buffing floors for Jesus this week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I hope it was an encouragement for you, and I trust you have a busy and blessed day.